What is up, everyone? Welcome back to now episode eight of Red Zone Talk. My name is Paul Solana. I'm your host, and I got my co-host Brad Brad back. Brad, how you feeling there, buddy? Oh, feeling great. It's great to be back. I was sick last week. It's the worst feeling in the world when you really just can't really do anything besides stay in bed and watch some TV. But other than that, I'm glad to be back and can't wait to get started after a crazy uh, week four. For sure, for sure. And we're glad you're feeling better. Um, and yeah, so normally I'm going to kick it off first with just some like some random shout outs. Uh, well, really one shout out that I wanted to give because um, this story was heartbreaking. I mean, out of all my time as a sports fan, I don't think I've ever been emotional towards a player I didn't know much about and a situation. Um, but Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin has returned to the field as an active NFL player and played this past Sunday. And that is a beautiful thing. I'm very happy for the guy. I'm very happy. He's healthy. Um, and I'm happy he had the guts to step back on the football field. Cause after a situation like that, like that takes some guts to do. No, it really does. Paul. It was all, I remember when I, I watched, I was watching the Bengals Bills game last year live and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, it just, crazy like everything that happened and i'm just so glad he's okay and playing on the field it truly is just a miracle and it's just awesome just to see him out there and stuff and i'm sure even for him just even awesome that his first game back they win win big too oh yeah they looked great 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 win for them um another thing before we get into nfl news brad did you check out the toy story fun day football broadcast at all I did see that a little bit. It was pretty cool. Very you cool. liked it? Very cool to see. Yeah, it was, I, I like how they, they incorporate things like that. I think they did Nickelodeon last year for like a playoff game or something. So yeah, it was cool to see the, uh, the Toy Story. I think it's good, especially, and I don't want to talk about this, but like they found ways where like with Taylor Swift, they're really trying to reach like the female population for NFL. This Toy Story broadcast, they're really trying to reach kids. So I, I think it's great for kids. I'm like, I did – well, obviously, me as, like, a diehard football fan, like, I'm not going to watch it. But, like, it's good to know that kids have the ability on a Sunday morning to, like, throw that on and, like, learn about football. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, how when we were growing up, we would watch cartoons in the morning. They're watching some Toy Story NFL. So Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. cool thing to see for them. I, I saw some highlights. Obviously, I'm going to watch the game without it, but it's cool for the kids, I guess, you know? Yeah, exactly. The one thing I'll take away that I loved is they did – obviously this wasn't meant like intentionally for a film purpose, but they did have like an all 22 look of the field. And I loved that. Like I, I have been begging for an all 22 version of the field where you're like looking. And, and if you're unfamiliar at home of like what well, all 22 is, you're basically looking at the view that the quarterback would look at. So you can see how wide receivers are getting open, the running lanes for running backs. Um, I've been begging for that for years. Thursday night football is the closest thing to it. Um, so I really love yeah. that to be incorporated like into regular football. No, I agree with you, Paul. Like that's like the coolest view. Cause you're actually getting the perspective of the most important player on the field, the quarterback. And you get to see what they see just right from their eyes instead of, you know, the sideline view that we always, you know, see. So it is, it is something cool to see and stuff. And it's almost kind of like the Madden day or the Madden days. If you were played on Wii where you had that like opportunity to do play that way. So and yeah, the Xbox as well. So. Definitely some cool stuff, some cool stuff. But um, let's get over to our NFL news. We have a lot. Um, starting off with some uncomfortable news. But, uh, Brad, you see everything going on with Chandler Jones? 
Uh, I saw, yeah, some off-field stuff. I saw it was on uh, Twitter there that he's uh, – it's, it's it's very, very interesting to say the least. I wonder if he'll play another game uh, for the uh, Raiders. So, he actually, they ended up releasing him. Oh, he was um, released. Wow. Yeah, they ended up – so, if you're unfamiliar, uh, former edge rusher now for the Raiders, Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones was a stud. This isn't like a no-name player. Uh, he was yeah, I'm tweeting just seeing, up – Yeah, I'm just uh, seeing that now. Wow, that's crazy. A day, wow, that's nuts. Yeah, I don't even want to really like recite what was said on his live stream, but he said some very uh, strange things about some strange former players and very, very weird. I uh, really hope he gets the help he needs, but he ended up after his live stream, he was arrested and then later released. So uh, the Raiders have no luck. They people always like say the Cowboys are like the NFL's criminal team. Um, the Raiders of today are truly the criminal team between, you know, him, Henry Ruggs. I know yeah. Antonio Brown's not a criminal, but like, obviously he's had some issues. Um, oh yeah, that didn't even work out with them. So yeah, they've had not had some luck. Um, anyway, some, uh, some contract stuff, um, Rams tight end Tyler Higby. He signed a three year extension worth up to $30.5 million. Um, some, other oh that was the only contracting that had um some other news uh the nfl updated their gambling policy basically what the new thing now is that your career can end if you bet on nfl games which is crazy um i'm really referring to calvin ridley because his career could have been over um however if you bet on non-nfl games the suspension is lessened um, so wider Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, he is eligible to return. He'll be back this week. And Titans O lineman Nicholas Petit Freire, um, also reinstated immediately. Um, I'm excited. I was a huge Jamison Williams guy out of Alabama, so very excited to see him uh finally return. Yeah, that uh, guy could have been uh easily higher up in the draft, uh even like maybe if, if he didn't get, you know, hurt at Bama and stuff. So great player. He was my wide receiver one um, over Garrett Wilson. Like, I love Jameson Williams coming out of the draft. I, If we had this podcast during that draft, I would have just told you how much I love Jameson Williams and George Pickens. Uh, I was huge fans of both of them. I think Jameson yeah. Williams, obviously, it's hard. He got hurt last year. He was hurt in the preseason. Um, I still love the talent. I think it's going to make that Lions team even better. Yeah, oh, for sure, 100%. Uh, speaking of other wide receivers, um, so Chase Claypool right now for the Bears, he has been basically put away from the team. Um, no shocker there. I'm not a Chase Claypool fan. Um, and now the Bears are looking to trade for him. Um, so my question for you, Brad, you got any thoughts of like a potential team? They're looking for a fifth or sixth round pick, so it's not like a – not major compensation, but obviously something someone have to give up. You know, I mean, just the whole for uh, speaking of Chase Claypool, it's just to me it's wild, just because the Bears gave up pretty much a first round pick for him yep. because the Dolphins obviously they they didn't have their pick last year, and the Steelers you know got basically an extra first round pick, and it just to, this guy just has been a disaster for his time in Chicago. He needs a fresh start, needs it soon. Uh, I'm going to go – I mean, honestly, I'm going to – Chicago made a trade with them before, so I'm going to say the Panthers just because they need help of wide receiver any way they can get. Yeah. 
And I'm sure they'll give up a pick for anyone that they could get that's on the market, even though it might not be the guy you really want to get, but could be something. I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he needs he needs some more help. Wide receiver rise, I think. Kelsey can't do it all. And then I'm also going to say the team I root for, the Giants, because they could use, honestly, anyone on offense right now, especially at the receiver position. Yeah, I really agree with every single option uh, you said. I think the Panthers, to me, stand out for sure as they're looking for a wide receiver. They are. They did say they're looking for the – or from what it's been reported, they're in the wide receiver one market, which I'd have to assume is pretty thin right now. Yeah. Um, but Claypool would be a pretty pretty affordable uh, option. In terms of other teams outside of the ones that you listed, the only one I could maybe think of would be Baltimore. The only reason why I say that is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has missed you know quite a bit of time already. Rashad Bateman has missed some time already. Uh, this is an injury-ridden team um, that's still very, very good. I think that Claypool could go in there and be the wide receiver four for a guy that can step up and um, maybe play a bigger role. So, And it kind of gives them that big body um, player that they don't necessarily have right now. So, um, Now, on the flip side, we, we talked about the Panthers, and I just mentioned how Panthers are in the market. Um, for wide receiver, we mentioned Chase Claypool. What are some other guys you think this team could trade for? Uh, honestly, I think uh, one player, uh, Cardinals, Hollywood Brown. I think, you know, I don't know if the Cardinals will trade him, but he is a great receiver. And obviously, the quarterback situation, Dobbs, you know, he played, he's been playing well, but at the same time, you know, it's like, he has the opportunity to play with the number one overall pick in Bryce Young, even though the Panthers, you know, aren't the greatest. That, so that could be, I think, a potential uh, landing spot. Yeah, I've seen the Hollywood Brown get thrown around. I, do, I don't think Hollywood Brown goes anywhere just because they traded the first. I like the Kyler Murray connection when yeah. he comes back. Some of the names I listed, it, the wide receiver ones, especially this time of year, are really hard. I think it the is, only, you know, like— very rare. Very rare this time of year. It's still early, so teams aren't necessarily going to, like— give up on their guys. Um, really, though, I think the two receivers or just the team I'd look at would be Denver at like a Cortland and Sutton or like a Jerry Judy trade, especially Judy. Um, I think people thought he was poised for a breakout year, hasn't had that. Um, so I think he makes a ton of sense of a guy that still has the potential to be a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. If they were looking maybe a step down at like a wide receiver, two wide receiver, three and um, save some of the draft capital. I could see a Darnell Mooney from the Bears. Um, yeah, I don't know how likely that is now with Claypool on his way out. I could also see Donovan Peoples Jones on the Browns. Um, just you know, as they ramp up Cedric Tillman and uh, and obviously use uh, Elijah Moore a little bit more. So I'll be intrigued. I feel like trades this yeah. time of year, like it's still a little bit early. I think give it a few weeks and like. We'll have a clear understanding of like if the you know a team like the uh, Bengals really struggle is T Higgins become available at the deadline? That's a that's a very interesting take. Is T Higgins when he's healthy he's a stud, but if the Bengals aren't doing well, are they just gonna let him walk for free in the offseason? So that's a very very interesting take. We'll have to see how the Bengals play out. And one more thing, just to add to the wide receiver market, I want to add. I know it's not gonna happen, and one's impossible, one's highly unlikely. But I think if they honestly should ask for a trade, just because I, they're not gonna win, they're so too talented. And they're not going to win for the teams they play for in the city. 
Uh, that's Devonta Adams and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, 1,000%. He's not going to get traded. Devonta Adams, highly unlikely, but he, I think he should ask for a trade just because I don't think – I think he's, he's frustrated, which he mentioned in the locker room, and he's not going to win in Vegas playing for a quarterback like Jimmy G in McDaniel's system. So I think that's one, one player that should ask for a trade. Don't think it's going to happen, but if he wants to get a championship, he should. No, I completely agree. I think Justin Jefferson's pretty safe in Minnesota. Um, I don't think he's. They're gonna let him go. No, Devontae I mean, Adams, I though, should, like, they won't. yeah, Devontae Adams, though, is one I completely agree with. I think he is at the age where, like, he is playing unusually well for his age. Um, I mean, he's still a top three receiver in football. You could argue he's still, in my opinion, I still at think 30, he's probably, at thirty years old too. Yeah, like that's normally the year where you start to see a little bit of a decline. Um, I think you. I think there's a fair argument he's better than Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Um, I love Devontae Adams. If I were him, I would absolutely be requesting a trade. It would not surprise me either if it happens. Just, you know, if this Raiders team continues to lose, um, Devontae Adams gets frustrated. I would not be surprised if they make a move. If, you, uh, if you're a team for, uh, if you're a team looking to trade for Adams, what would you give up for him? Like, what, what, pick, what round pick are we talking? It really, I think, depends on what team you are. Like a team like the New York Giants, like you're not going to give up your first round pick because it's just going to be too early and it just doesn't fit the scope of um, yeah, like what that team could use. Now, if you're a team like, let's say, Kansas City, I was going to say, I'm yeah, Kansas I'm giving City up, I'm giving up my first <laughs> plus some, um, and I, it's probably an overpay. But I think if Devonte Adams was on the market mid season playing at the level he's playing at, I think that he would be a hot commodity. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I, I, I honestly, if he went to the Chiefs, that'd be great to see just him and Mahomes like that, that duo. But there's no way I don't think the Raiders can ever trade him to yeah. an, an in-division team, let alone the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's a shot at, of it happening. I don't, And it's really hard. I don't know if there's a team where I'm like, it's going to happen. I mean – an insane fit if they really wanted to upgrade their wide receiver core would be Buffalo. I mean, that would be nuts. Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and then Gabe Davis moved. I mean, Whew, you'd be penciling. For me, you'd be penciling in the Bills for the Super Bowl. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think it's hard just because a lot of like the teams that are built to win a championship are pretty good at receiver. And obviously, everyone, you know, everyone agrees that like you could never have enough talent, but like you're not going to trade away a first round pick for a guy, yeah, who you know is going to move down one of your best receivers to play, you know, the two, the three, four spots. So, um, we'll see. Obviously, all hypothetical because it's still early in the season, but uh, yeah, 1, if uh, if, it, if it's a conversation, we'll definitely be talking about it here. Oh, um, for sure. Some other signings, uh, your Giants they signed O Lime and Jason Pugh. To practice squad, uh, we'll take a few weeks for him to ramp up, but I'd expect he eventually gets elevated and uh, get some playing time with that horrific. Yeah, O-line. Justin Pugh, he's back. <laughs> he is back. But uh, yes, yeah, he was uh, the Giants. What was he there? I think their first round pick in the 2013 NFL draft. I believe, yeah, 2013 NFL draft. Their first round pick, and uh, his career at the Giants in the beginning didn't really wasn't. It was like up and down, I'd say. But that just seems to be the case with every offensive lineman they draft. But he's back, and you know, help he could get. He knows the system, familiar with the with uh, obviously the team having played for them 
uh, last in 2017 before I went to, what, the Cardinals uh, for a few years, and I was back with the Giants. So just hope he helps out, that's all, because it's just not looking too bright on the O-line in New York. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, also, Steelers signed wide receiver Denzel Mims to their practice squad. Um, if you don't remember, Denzel Mims got traded in the offseason to the Lions, failed his physical, um, eventually just got cut. Uh, I love Denzel Mims still. I still think he can be a contributor in the NFL. Um, so really hope he's healthy because I think he could be a good fit, um, you know, down the depth chart in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I mean, he uh, for, uh, in high school, he played a wide receiver and I think he played defense as well. So, I mean, he, uh, before he committed to uh, where to go, uh, Baylor. So it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he's, he's a great guy. You know, he, he, if, he, if he's healthy and plays well, he can be a great, great fit. So we'll have to see how it works out. For sure. And then last two pieces of NFL news, uh, some shockers. Patriots traded back for cornerback J.C. Jackson uh, for a swap of 2025 sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, J.C. actually just signed a five-year deal worth uh, $82.5 million just a year ago. Um, to put into perspective, anyone who hasn't watched J.C. Jackson, he's been awful with the Chargers, um, but he was a ball hawk with the Patriots. So, it makes sense with one of the pieces of cornerback news we're going to get into in a little bit with injury updates. Um, but it, it outside of the contract, I, I think it makes sense for New England just being that they're about to be down their best corner, and uh, J.C. Jackson knows the system. 1,000%. He won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and, you know, Bill Belichick, he's not messing around. He wants – he wants that the, they, the Patriots have not looked good on defense. And obviously we're going to talk about Christian Gonzalez, their first round pick, who's likely out for the season. Yeah. Uh, I believe I think actually might've been actually ruled out for the season, but so they need, they, they need help on the defensive line. So why not trade for someone that didn't have a good fit, needs a new start and already knows your system, tries to help you on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jackson's a good, good pickup for the past. Surprising, but good pickup for him. For sure. And last one, Broncos released Ed rusher, Randy Gregory. He also Shocker. signed a big time contract. Uh, Former Cowboy. I really liked him. Cowboys actually agreed to an extension with him. He did not like the language. He bailed out of that contract. Um, I'll be in I would not be surprised if Dallas goes back and gets him for the cheap. Um, talented player who just unfortunately has kind of struggled to keep a good head on his shoulders. Um dealt with injuries all last year so he's definitely he struggled this year but he's an interesting defensive end to be available mid-season um i think any team that's going to be a competitor that needs some edge rush help should be looking at randy gregory oh 1000 percent. i mean when he was on the cowboys i thought he was great i hated it uh, when the giants had to go up against them uh just because obviously being a giants fan and having to go up against a guy like that it's difficult but you know his career at the broncos i know he didn't really play much games with them and it just no it just he didn't seemed like it, it, it's funny how, like, you, we, we, we've been talking about some players like J.C. Jackson, Randy Gregory, and it just seems like when they have that one team that they're with for so long, like Jackson with the Patriots, Gregory with the Cowboys, it's like they just they have that similarity thing, and then all of a sudden they get a little greedy, they want more money, and they eventually go to a new team, and it doesn't work out. The same thing with Devontae Adams on the Raiders. Like, he's been playing well, but I just don't see that fit for him working out there. And it's just interesting to see how, like, a lot of times it just literally, like, like I just said, doesn't work out unless, you know, you're an exception like Tom Brady and you go win a Super Bowl in your first year playing in the NFC, but obviously that's not the case with all these other players. So it's going to be interesting to see, but like you said, talented player on the defensive side of the ball on the market in this in season right now. And we'll have to see where he ends up. 
For sure, for sure. Um, let's get over to some injury updates, starting with Packers All-Pro left tackle David Bakiari. Uh, he was placed on IR with an inj- a knee injury. Um, unsure if he will return this season. Then over in Buffalo, really probably the biggest news of the weekend, uh, cornerback Tredavious White, he tore his Achilles. He ended uh, his 2023 season, which it's brutal. It just felt like yesterday was Thanksgiving 2021, where pretty sure he tore his ACL uh, in New Orleans. So to just have those two massive injuries, I mean, not that it, it almost feels like the Nick Chubb injury where it's like, you know, he'll be able to play again, but like, will he ever be the same? Um, exactly. Yep. Very, I, I, very, I, yeah. very tough injury for a player like that. It, it's tough, you know, because the Bills are looking like I, probably like top two team in the NFL right now. To lose a guy like, uh, like White, yeah, you know, when you're just in season right now, it's difficult. And you just, you hate that you hate to see it. I mean, especially with an Achilles injury, it's just so unfortunate. And, just this season alone, it's just there's been so many players the victim of season-ending injuries, and it's just it's terrible. It just makes you wonder, like, what would sports, football in general, be like, you know, if there weren't injuries? And you know, you always wish you could say, oh, this, that, but it, they're part of the game, and it's just unfortunate. You just wish for him for a speedy recovery, and he comes back stronger. Yeah, it would be a beautiful thing of sports with no injuries. Um, yeah, I wish it was like, a thing. Like Derrick Rose with the Bulls, what his career could have been. Just, yeah, it's, there are some special players where you're just like, damn, like they could have been real good. Um, and speaking crazy. of speaking of like major injuries, so uh, Brad already alluded to this earlier. Patriots lost not one but two star defenders, um, expected for both the rest of the season. Edge rusher Matthew Judon, he suffered a lower bicep tendon tear. Lower bicep tendon tear. He's expected to miss the rest of the season. Christian Gonzalez has a torn labrum. He's expected to miss the rest of the season. Those are their two best defensive players. Um, yeah. I mean, that, I, Patriots, that Patriots defense going to – I mean, they've been pretty solid. They haven't been what they've been. They're going to – they're not going to look great moving forward. No, and uh, you, you just mentioned it, uh, best defense. I asked my, my cousin Billy and my uncle Ed, huge diehard Patriots fans, and I asked them – who's the best player in the Patriots this year. And they both said Judon. And so just for him to just go down and be out for the season and Christian Gonzalez, their draft pick, who's looking, who looked great so far, I thought. Yep. It's tough. It's really tough for a Belichick, Belichick defense um, for that, that to occur. And, you know, especially when you're, you're in a division going up against the likes of uh, Tua and Josh Allen, it's just, it's going to be a long season for Pats, uh, for Pats fans and the Patriots. So, I mean, hopefully, um, you know, Jackson plays well, and hopefully, you know, on the offensive ball, they, they score enough points to match what the defense has given up. But it's going to be challenging for the defense. We'll have to see what Bill cooks up. For sure. And then just some minor injuries. Uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, he suffered a rib fracture. Unsure how much time he misses, if any. And then uh, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett, he suffered a bone bruise in his knee. Uh, expected to miss a short period of time, but TBD on what that timeline looks like. And then lastly, uh, some players that were activated off the physically unable to play list, uh, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, he practiced in full on Wednesday, um, which gives him the possibility to potentially play on Sunday. Um, And also Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, he also returned along with some other players too. So um, while there have been some injuries, 
there might be some star players, especially for fantasy football players, uh, that could be back <laughs> yeah, uh, very say, soon. I got I have Taylor on the IR in one of my leagues, so uh, it'll be it'll be good to have him back and Saquon Barkley back. I, I have both of them right now. That um, is, yeah, that's a brutal running back room to have yeah, right now. Yeah. So, uh, but Cooper Cup, I hope he gets back. Uh, and man, him and Puka, that could be whew, dynamic duo out in LA. That yeah, that could be an incredible, incredible duo. Um, but all right, let's get on to so I mentioned last week that not every week we're gonna do like a game recap of every game. So this week we're actually pivoting. We're gonna do five key takeaways. Uh Brad and I each have separate takeaways. We made sure to connect that neither of ours are the same, although I'm looking at it and I feel like one of mine actually might be the same as yours, but um, it's fine. We can just talk more about it. Yeah. All right. Let's start. Brad, your number one takeaway of this weekend. I'm going with the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, because, look, it's, it's funny how, like, each week, like, I remember last week, Paul, in our uh, our group chat for fantasy, people were texting. We're like, oh, we're going to see a Niners-Dolphins Super Bowl. And I'm like, we have an incredible here. fantasy group chat, yeah. by the way. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I have a lot of football football gurus. I love it. We're talking college, everything. So it's it's awesome. But um, so shout out to that group chat. Uh, I hopefully do better, a little better in the league. Yeah, first, first, by the way, first ever time doing on doing it on sleeper. So a little different than ESPN. So I'm still adjusting. So you know, I'll use that if I excuse if I don't make the playoffs. But I can <laughs> change that. But uh, no, going to that game, people. I mean, people were saying, "Oh, Niners, Dolphins, Super Bowl." After they won, what, what was it? They won seventy to twenty, which was just yep. insane over the Broncos. But in my head, I'm like, I feel like the Dolphins in the past like two two years, they always start out like three and zero or four and zero, and they always like have a bad stretch when they play good teams. Especially yep. Buffalo, who has just basically been their kryptonite, it seems like, in the regular season and playoffs. Even though they did beat them last year, but Buffalo should have won that game. I don't know if you remember, Buffalo dominated the game. They got and the Dolphins got lucky. Was like I think I know what like you're that. talking about. Yeah, the, the OC was extremely frustrated because you know they had so much more yardage than the, the crazy game. I don't know how the Dolphins won that, but they did. Needless to say, though, they go into Buffalo. They lose forty-eight to twenty. Josh Allen, he only he, he, well, he had three hundred twenty yards. Only uh, I think he only like had four incompletions, four touchdowns. Tua didn't have his greatest game. Uh, so, I mean, it just – it shows you it, – this. It, basically what this game showed you is that in the AFC East, Buffalo is still the team to beat by far. I think they're on a higher tier with over the over everyone else. So the Dolphins will be okay, but I still think they're fighting for a wild card because uh, Buffalo I just think is too good, especially at home. And it also showed you that the Bills, they're going to be a contender in the AFC. Everyone was saying, oh, they're, they're, they're third after the Bengals because the Bengals beat them last year in the playoffs. But – they're right there with the Chiefs. They're right there with the Chiefs. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He was very, I was very impressed. And I think they took that Jets loss, used it as motivation, and they're going to continue to go well. So my takeaway is the Bills are back, and I think one of the top two to three teams in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I think Buffalo looked awesome. I think they're getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, which they struggled to do once they lost Von Miller last year, which, by the way, has not returned, so that's only more firepower they're going to get back on defense. Yeah, I, I, where's like where's Von Because he 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 what he brought to LA and that's the playoff run in the Super Bowl, the Broncos. Like he is he is a great player. Actually, one of my favorite defensive players, honestly, just because I when I used to watch him on the Broncos with Peyton Manning, which he was just so cool to see. Such a great guy. Yeah, he's he's an awesome player. Not I haven't heard anything about his return yet. Um, but that'll be more firepower on the offensive side of the ball. I mean. Actually, uh, Paul, sorry to, to cut you off, but it's, uh, I'm just looking. It said Von Miller returned to practice, and he could potentially play Sunday. Oh, okay. So he was activated. There you go. Another big star returned. Um, on the flip side, on offense, Josh Allen, I think, is finally playing MVP ball. 
I think yeah. he's playing the best football of his career. Um, I like the type of the talent he, that he is. It's matching the play on the field right now. What will happen? I mean, that's still early in the season, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, they, they they showed on Sunday they're the team to beat. I think they also gave some good humble pie to Dolphins fans. Um, I think Dolphins fans had a were on a massive high. Obviously, they put up seventy. Um, yeah, the the two MVP campaigns are running, and I mean, Tua still played well, but like Buffalo just blew the lights out of this team. I mean, it it was just Miami's not built to win when they're down big. Um, no, and we, we kind of saw that, um, and, and it's still early, so we could still see that change, but, um, Buffalo just took it to them. They knew that, listen, like we can keep scoring and Miami's not going to be able to keep up, um, when they're playing down. So, um, yeah, Buffalo's legit. They look the best that they pro I mean, it, again, it's early. They prob they look like the best that they've been in Josh Allen's career for yeah. at least this like three week span. They've been great. Um, I'm going to actually do my first takeaway, um, on the, I, I actually too have, have two AFC, uh, East takeaways, but I'll start with this one. Cause it matches a little bit better. Cause a lot of people had very high expectations for the jets. Um, I did not even with Aaron Rodgers. I, one of my takes before the season started, um, is I pre- I predicted the jets to miss the playoffs, even with Rodgers. just did not think they were talented enough. I also don't think they're well coached. Um, so my take here, the Jets can't win under Robert Sala with or without Aaron Rodgers. He is way too conservative. Um, I know people are going to complain about the refs, and I'm not going to get into that because it is what it is. Um, but there were plenty. There is I probably counted three times. I think Brad and I were talking about this uh, like during the game. There was like three different opportunities on fourth and short where it made sense for Salah to go for it, and they never went for it. And when, you're, when your quarterback is playing while he has the confidence that he does, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to take advantage. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot just roll over and punt the ball or attempt 55-yard field goals against a team like that. Like If you want to win, it's touchdowns or bust. And ro- this isn't new to Robert Salah. Like, he has always been a conservative coach. I think people like him because they like the um, tough guy mantra, the the yeller and whatnot. I don't think Robert Sala has shown the ability to make adjustments on the defensive side of the ball where he came from. Um, that team was getting ran all over the place by Isaiah Pacheco. Um, they were getting torched in the run game. And this is a good defense, but they made no adjustments to that. Um, then on the offensive side of the ball, you play ultra conservative. If I'm the Jets and I have Aaron Rodgers back next year, I don't want Robert Sala coaching my team. Yeah, it's it was a it's just way too conservative uh, co- coaching for him, and it, it almost kind of reminded me, Paul, of if you remember the Super Bowl, he was the DC for the Niners when they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and it just seemed that once the Chiefs got going in the second half. They had no answer, no adjustments. I think they were down at one point, like by 10 points. And Mahomes in the offense scored, what was it, like three straight touchdowns, I think. And they had his defense just had no answer. So you saw the same thing with Pacheco. Shout out Rutgers right there. Awesome game <laughs> for him. Uh, great game, you know, in his home state. But if you just saw the Jets way too – I mean, first of all, the Jets 
in perspective right now, you beat the Bills, one of the best teams in the NFL, first game of the season at home. Awesome win. You had some ba- very bad uh, couple losses to the Cowboys, and I, I forget who they played the previous week. But uh, they, um, I'm blanking out now. They yeah. lost to the Patriots too. Patriots, okay, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they lost to the Patriots. Yep, in New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they had a couple bad, bad, uh, or Patriots at home rather. Okay, so they had a few one tough loss against the Pats and a, a, obviously a bad loss to your Cowboys, Paul. But you have a chance to beat the not only the probably I, I still think the best team in the NFL. With Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but the with Zach team, Wilson playing his best football, with, exactly at home, and your coach is going like he's just not like for these fourth and twos. I'm like, go for it. You got to make like if you had uh, Brian Dable, what his guts, what he did last year with the Giants, the Jets would be a completely different team right now. But you're not going to sell up. Good defensive minded sometimes, but he's not going to win as a head coach in the NFL if he plays the or he coaches the way he did. Just because when you're watching the game, the fan, what the fans want. Is someone that could, you know, have those gutsy calls. Not all the time, because obviously that makes a bad coach. But in the times that you need to, you have to have that judgment call so you can put your team in a potential to win the game. And he did it. And then the Chiefs, what they do? I think they had the ball for the last seven minutes and 20-plus seconds. Yep. And they ran out the entire clock, which I have not – like, I thought when Wilson fumbled that, I'm like, all right. I mean, they might get a field goal, maybe a touchdown here. Jets will have another chance. But, nope, didn't happen. So, you got to – that proves our point, Paul where you got to take the chances and the opportunities when you can because you don't know when it's going to happen again. Yep, yeah. It, you can't have a quarterback who has struggled play his best game and the head coach is the reason you lose. I mean, not the sole reason, but he can't contribute to the loss. Like, if yeah. you're going to have a team like that be struggling, you need to be a strength. Um, and- All right, welcome back, everyone. Not sure what happened there. Looks like. Brad and I were having some technical difficulties. Uh, but this is the perfect time to get into Brad's second key takeaway from week number four. Yeah, apologize to the listeners there. But, you know, technical difficulties, uh, they happen. So uh, move on to the next point. But my uh, next takeaway is a big one here. What in the world is going on in Cincinnati? And this a is nightmare. A team, Paul, yeah, this is a theme, Paul, when we talked, and I remember we – discussing Super Bowl picks. I had them winning the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers. And after t- another terrible performance on Sunday, that's, that pick is now starting to look good. I mean, you just want to talk about a bad performance. I also think the Titans were out for blood just because they were the one seed, what was it, two years ago in 21, and the Bengals went in there and won on a McPherson uh, field goal. So they wanted revenge. I actually had a friend at the game uh, in Tennessee, and he, he was a Titans fan. He said he was very happy to – I saw he, he, was, he basically said on online he was very happy to see see them win. So you could tell Tennessee won in that game, and boy, did they ever won by, what, 24 points there. But I just think – I am th- I think it's time to hit the panic mode in Cincinnati. I really do because you're 1-3, and, uh, and so far 0-2 playing away from home. The division's not going to get any easier. You already lost drop games to the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, and the Ravens, obviously, with Lamar Jackson, I think they're the favorites right now. But Burrow, ever since we heard about that injury preseason, it just seems like he hasn't lived up to his contract. It hasn't been the same. Jamar Chase, you could tell the frustration already boiling in the locker room because no one expected them to be one and three after four games. He's saying, you know, I'm not going to obviously repeat exactly what he said for certain reasons, but <laughs> – Basically, to our listeners, he's basically just telling everyone, he's the guy. I'm always open. And it's just like, I mean, as a player, I like the confidence. I, I, as a fan, I like seeing the confidence from the player. 
but at the same time, it kind of comes off a little selfish to me because it's a team sport. So it's, it's, it's tough, but I think something's got to change soon in Cincinnati because, I mean, you're talking about a team that was minutes away from going to a second Super Bowl. They do have the benefit of the doubt playing at the Cardinals, you know, to possibly get a win, but then they got the Seahawks, Niners, and Bills. So it's a tough schedule coming up, and they're going to have to do something because it's just not looking good right now. Yeah, so I actually took the Jamar Chase comments differently. Um, mm-hmm. I took it as like a I told you so. So if you remember in the preseason when Joe Burrow suffered the calf strain, Jamar Chase went on air and said, listen, Joe, like you don't need to play the first five weeks of the season. Like go get, you know, go rest, go get your treatment, go feel better, and then come back when it counts. Well, Joe Burrow didn't listen. The Bengals organization didn't listen. Now they're one in three. Joe Burrow's playing the worst football of his career clearly hobbled so i i see i emphasize for chase i like he was correct he was right i if i was the Bengals to start the season i would have traded for a backup quarterback i would have wild (laughs) what's that yeah or like a jacoby percent like someone to just get you by like the um the Cleveland game was going to be tough because their defense is really good. I think Baltimore was a winnable game. I mean, it was a close one. They beat the Rams. I think they could have won with a backup quarterback. I think they probably would have won. They almost, yeah, and they almost lost to the Rams too. Yeah. I would at least feel better if it's one and three, and I know I'm getting a healthy Joe Burrow this week. But cash strains are no joke. I mean – Dak Prescott dealt with one in 2021, and it really derailed the whole end of the season. I mean, I know a lot of people took shots at him because they didn't really understand that he was going through it because he only missed a week for it. But they're, like, completely can change the way you are in the pocket, can change your footwork. Um, And we see it. Joe Burrow, like, he's not taking any shots downfield. He's just a different player. Um, Because I – have seen it with Dak and how it affected him. I'm obviously given the benefit of the doubt for uh, Joe Burrow. However, in terms of just the outlook of the season, I think the odds are in favor that the Bengals don't make the playoffs. I mean, they obviously, they can win this week against the Cardinals, but Seattle, San Fran, Buffalo get tough. Houston, after that, they look so much better than you would have thought. Then you get Baltimore. I mean, I... I don't I like I would say bench Joe Burrow now, but it, it's like you're going into the hardest stretch of your season. <laughs> I, I don't know what you yeah. can do. There's it's just you gotta just put him out there as much as you can and hope he, you know, stays as healthy as he can. And it just it just it's 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 surprising and it's just not looking good in Cincy and just hopefully they could turn around because I, I, I honestly think they were they were one of the universal Super Bowl favorites to win to win it all this year after coming oh so close in Cincinnati again to win an arrowhead, which would have been crazy. But, you know, they obviously they, – they, uh, Kansas City pulled away with that last field goal there. But surprises for the Bengals. And, you know, last year Burrow didn't go through that, like what would they call it, what, like the sophomore or whatever slump because he was injured his first year. So maybe this, yeah. is, his, his slump, this is his slumping year. And, you know, they, but that, that, that's what I basically – defines good versus great. Like Mahomes, he hasn't had a slumping year. I don't think he will, honestly. Yeah. Tom Brady, aside from the time one in time he got hurt uh, after they, they lost the first Super Bowl to the Giants, never a slumping year. So good quarterback, Burrow, but if he wants to be great, 
got to play a little better. Obviously, I know the injury has impacted his play, but hopefully he can rebound soon and play like the quarterback. Me and you both know he could play like. For sure. And I think it's a mixed bag. I think it's like you can blame the injury, but you can only blame it so much. I mean, at a point exactly. there also has to be like you're putting yourself out there to play like it sucks, but you're going to get the criticism like any other quarterback. And it's deserved. I mean, if yeah, we're going to yeah. sit here and have a, a podcast and criticize players like and you're choosing to play every week, like I feel like we have, you know, the the media has the right to criticize. I get oh, you want to yeah, be the sure. tough guy, but at some point it's got to be, you know. You got to step up, but um, yeah. My second takeaway, um, I I briefly mentioned the tight uh, the Titans, the Texans as a team that's been much better. Um, CJ Stroud's a legit franchise quarterback. Uh, the Texans got the Texans made out well this draft. Will Anderson's been great, but really, I want like CJ Stroud might be having one of the best rookie seasons of all time. He has been. So good behind a makeshift offensive line. They've been pretty beat up the whole season. People didn't really believe in this wide receiver core. A lot of guys thought Tank Dell was too small. A lot of people forgot about Nico Collins. Um, Currently, C.J. Stroud, I'm pretty sure right now, is top five in passing yards. He's got six passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He has been awesome. I mean, we're we're talking about a top ten quarterback in the making right now. This guy, being a Rutgers fan, Paul, and following Big Ten football heavily, this guy was a stud in college. And he came – Georgia has been the best team in the last two years and have looked unbeatable at times, especially with that defense. Now they're all playing Philadelphia, of course. But they have looked, Georgia, unbeatable. Let me tell you something. C.J. Stroud as the fourth – look, they had a terrible loss against Michigan. Terrible loss at home. Terrible loss. However, came in the playoff, and they looked great. And when I mean great – they look better than Georgia and like a national champ. And I don't know if you saw what happened after that game. It was a just a, it was actually funny because it aligned with the ball dropping and the kick at the same yes, time. Yes, 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 yes. So I actually was watching the ball and I didn't actually see the kick because I had to, I just had to put my phone down because I was like seeing the ball drop. And then I saw and he missed it and I watched the replay and I'm like, wow. But CJ Stroud did everything he could to win that game in college. You could cheat and then of course he loses on a just a terrible missed field goal. But going back to the NFL, his play has obviously into the NFL play. He is a great quarterback. Had, what, over 300 yards on Sunday. Playing like a true franchise guy. Look, do I think the Texans are going to make the playoffs? I think a wild card. I think it's a wild card. I think they could, but I think it's a wild card. However, I think Stroud is obviously the front runner for rookie of the year. Oh, uh, for I sure. In, I think in the next, maybe next year, if not the following year, the Texans, I think, could be one of the favorites to win the division if he's playing like the way he's playing. And if I'm the Panthers, I'm thinking to myself, did we make a mistake drafting Young ahead of Stroud? Because Stroud is outplaying him in every aspect. Given, I think he has a better offense, offensive weapons than um, Young does. But still, Stroud is looking good. Happy for the Texans, you know, after everything that happened with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, that they're finally getting a court looks like their franchise guy in C.J. Stroud. For sure. All right, Brad, your number three takeaway of the weekend. Yeah, so my number three takeaway – we're going to go – you'll like this one, Paul. We're going to go Cowboys and the Niners. Just yes. because I feel like that is a huge game. I, we were talking in our group Huge. Chat, think, it, it is the game of the year up until this it point. Is. It, up until this point, the game of the year. I still think the, the biggest game is going to be Philadelphia-Kansas City Super Bowl rematch in like week whatever. But that's later in the season. We're talking current. Um, and this game just has the makings to be an all-time classic, I think. I mean, you just go San Francisco – 
Christian McCaffrey to me is the MVP right now. Obviously, it's too early to say, but he had, what, four touchdowns? Even LeBron James was watching, tweeting at him. So, I mean, you know, that, that's when you know you really made it. But um, also, a huge LeBron fan off the, off, off the record there <laughs> for our non-football listeners. But, uh, yeah, the Cowboys, I thought, you know, after what happened to them, losing to the Cardinals, I thought they rebounded great, gave up Bill Belichick's worst loss, dropping, what, 38 points on, yep. on, the, on the Patriots, only giving up a field goal. Thought Dak Prescott played well, Tony Pollard, et cetera. Defense played outstanding. Dan Quinn's defense is just awesome. Just an awesome, awesome, you know, how they, they were able to keep him. But the Niners played great as well, dropping 35 on the on the uh, on the card. Obviously, they played the Cardinals at home, so it was, it was a given. But needless to say, these are the two, along with the Eagles, they aren't defeated, so obviously you have to include include them. But these are the two, one, two of the three juggernauts in the NFC. And this game, Paul, is gonna be. Um, I'm be as I'm a Giants fan, and I'm excited for this for a couple reasons. I'm going to go with the first one. The, the, the Niners have been the Cowboys' crowd. I hate to bring this up for you, Paul, but the Niners have been the Cowboys' crew tonight in the playoffs. It's the so last depressing. It is. I, I, I could. I, that's why I was. I was curious. I asked a few Cowboy fans who they're rooting for in the NFC Championship: the Eagles or the Niners, and because like that's it, it was I, miserable. I, but I'll never root for Philly, so you had to go for Sam. You have to exactly. I'm, I'm the same way. I always root against the, the Eagles as well, being a Giants fan, but. That another reason I'm curious to see how that plays out, I'm, and I'm curious to see that Cowboys D against the Niners Niners offense with all those offensive weapons, and I'm also curious to see Brock Purdy because he's kind of been flying under the radar. You know, the Niners are getting all these wins. He hasn't played really super good teams, maybe the Rams, but I mean the Giants and the Cardinals. They're not uh, as a Giants fan. The Giants are going to be not going to be any good this year, unfortunately. And the Cardinals, I don't think they're really going anywhere either. So he gets to play in primetime Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. That is a huge game for him. And we're going to see what he is finally made of at this point in the season. And for the Cowboys, if they want to, if they want to really have a chance to make that NFC championship game, which I know has been a huge thing for Cowboys since what, like the nineties has been. Yeah. This is the game they got to win. I don't, obviously it's not a must win game, but if you want to put your season in the right direction, get home field advantage, most likely in the playoffs, you want to win this game. And I think it's going to be an outstanding game. I, I, I don't even know if it's going to be high scoring or low scoring just because it depends on the defense, defense of the Cowboys are going to play versus the Niners offense. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see how Dak plays as well in a tough environment in San Francisco because those fans, I think they're the best traveling fans. It, it seems every away game they take over the stadium, obviously at home, you're going to see a sea of red. So I'm curious to see how Dak plays, how Pollard plays, Lamb. It's going to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this game is going to be electric. Um, I would obviously if Trayvon Diggs was here, I, I'd be a little bit more yeah. excited because it, it would be a little bit uh, closer of a fight. But I mean, how much better does it get? The three and one Dallas Cowboys against the four and San Francisco 49ers. Two historic franchises. Yeah, two historic franchises that have so much history. The last two seasons, obviously, the 49ers have bumped the Cowboys out. The Cowboys are pissed off. Um, you can tell they they have been very open in their interviews that this is not a regular season game. They understand the magnitude of it. Um, we're going to truly see what these two teams are made of. I mean, in my opinion, it, it, just like how you said, that if you're looking at the three top teams in the NFL, it's Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers. Um, and obviously, kind of see, yeah, in the NFC. Okay. Um, and we, we've seen history with all three of these teams. I, I think it's going to be just so awesome to see these teams play out. Some of the matchups that I'm really looking forward to is um, – this is the first time we're going to get to see the Cowboys offense in a game where um, they're going to be closer to full health because the Cardinals, they missed three offensive linemen. 
It's going to be the closest we're going to see them that full health or close to full health offensively in a game that's competitive. Um, last week there, you know, the, the pressure was off. They were high, you know, they were up big, the jets game, they were up big, the giants game, they were up big, the Cardinals, when they were down, they were missing three offensive linemen. And, just was a weird game. It was almost, this, I thought it was like a like a trap game in a sense for them. It, it was. It was. This is going to be the week, though, where we see, like, who are the Cowboys? Like, what version of the Cowboys are we getting? I'm very excited to see that. Um, I'm excited to see what Brock Purdy is going to look like against the defense. Oh, the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is going to step up? I mean, there's so many stars on both sides of the ball. Who's the better quarterback? Um, which receiver is going to stand out? We've had some slower weeks from guys like CeeDee Lamb. Does he step up? Uh, you know, you got the the debate of who's the best defensive player in football. Is it Nick Bosa? Is it Micah Parsons? I mean, That's if true. you're regard, obviously I'm a Cowboy fan, so this makes me extra excited. But if you're a football fan and this doesn't make you just your heart pound, you are just jumping up and down. Like this is Sunday Night Football at its greatest. I am so excited. Like. Obviously, no one can physically see me, but I'm, like, smiling thinking about this game. Like, <laughs> it is going to be insane. I will either be really depressed next week talking on this podcast or really excited. Um, but I'm going to cut myself off because I can talk about this game Paul, for I, I, literally one an question, episode. One question for you, though, because I Go know you're obviously it. a big big uh, Cowboys fan and Dak, Dak Prescott fan. And my question for you is this. I want to ask you. If, if Dak Prescott and the Cowboys lose and he plays very bad, and same thing with Purdy, if, if the, the Niners lose and Purdy plays really bad, do you think there'll be critics and questions out there, analysts saying, oh, Dak's not the guy, they got to play yes. uh, Lance or Rush, and vice versa, oh, the 49ers couldn't, shouldn't have uh, traded Trey Lance, Purdy can't do it against the big teams in prime time. Do you think that'll be the narrative? That's only 100%. Okay, for both. 100%. It is, no matter what, the media is going to take this and spin it in the way that will hurt either team. There's just too much, there's just too much to talk about with it. And unfortunately, the mainstream media tends to make, like, if Dak plays poorly, it wouldn't surprise me. This is a great defense. And same thing with Brock Purdy. It's a great Cowboy defense. Um, There, you don't always ball out against the best defenses. It's, it's hard. Um, and these is, yeah. defenses are really, really good. Um, so would I would I hit the panic button? I think it depends the level of bad. Um, if Dak throws three picks and, you know, it's a pretty comfortable 49ers win, yeah, I'm going to assume that this season's a wash and that no matter what, when they hit San Fran in the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, it's a done deal. Um, if he has like a like – a, he played fine – I would expect that. It's a great defense. I don't expect him to go and throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, mo- you know, this isn't Patrick Mahomes that, you know, yeah. is going up against this defense. So, um, so yeah, I'm sure they're if, open. Uh, speaking, speaking of Mahomes, I just want to put this take out there. If Mahomes was on the Niners, they win the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, it would be insane. Um, yeah. But I don't want to take too much time of, of the Cowboys and Niners because I can talk about all day. Um, my third takeaway is going back to the NFC East, um, and I'm sorry to do this to you, Brad, but the New York Giants took a step back by extending quarterback Daniel Jones. Um, I when we when before when Brad was in Europe and we did our preseason previews, for, you know, Brad's cousin Frank was on the podcast. We talked, and it was very <laughs> nice about the Giants' regression. <laughs> um, I was very nice about it. 
However, I, I didn't expect the Giants to be this bad. I don't think anyone did. But I did expect a regression mainly because of Daniel Jones. Because I never believed he was the guy. The deep ball is just not part of his game. Da- Brian Dayball doesn't even include it in the play calling. Like, they had so many chances where they could have taken at least a shot downfield. I don't care what kind of offensive line. It's, you have to take a shot downfield to, like, just keep the defense honest. They never did that. Um, yes, D- uh, Daniel Jones was sacked 11 times. But not every sack is a is an offensive line sack. Like, there were times where he was holding the ball too long. He was too far back in the pocket. Um, like, I, I think I, the offensive line for the Giants is bad, but Daniel Jones also doesn't help that offensive line. Like, there are times you got to get that ball out quick. He didn't do it. I, I ranked Daniel Jones as my quarterback 21 going into this season. I never would have agreed. If you were not a top 15 quarterback, you were not worth extending. Daniel Jones should have never gotten paid, and because of that, the Giants, now you see them suffering. Paul, I, look, I agree with a lot of your points there. And as a Giants fan, it's, it's just very tough to see. I'm starting to wonder if last season was just a mirage for the Giants and for Giants fans, just because last year they looked, to me, when they beat the Vikings, obviously Philadelphia's Philadelphia, but when they when they went into that game, I thought they were the probably the fourth best team in the NFC. That, that's how, that's how I, I, I last year, just because of how that's the, the way their season played, the way they had a down kick, kick the ball. Beat the Vikings, went in, and, you know, obviously they weren't going to keep compete for the division. But going into this season, I didn't expect them to win the division just because I thought the Eagles and Cowboys were a little above. But I thought they could still make a wild card and maybe win another playoff game, and who knows, in the divisional round. However, Cowboys lost was dreading. Terrible. Then they, they lose to San Francisco. They beat the Cardinals, but, I mean, they, the Cardinals, obviously I was happy they won that. And then to lose Seattle, to touch on your points about Daniel Jones, I'm going to take, take you back to the pick six. If you there, I saw a replay of this on Twitter where if he just looked, Waller was wide open in the end zone, wide, wide open, open in the corner, wide open in the corner. So you you obviously you know you know what I'm talking about there. Yep. And he rushes a throw, pick six, and he, he's just the thing about Jones is he's like he's just not he's, he's stoic. He doesn't really show like any emotion. Like he's coming off the sideline with the same face, like nothing happened. And Dable's like, "What are you doing? Like what's going on?" And as a Giants fan. I'm upset. I like, look, I love Barkley. I'm so glad they got to keep him at least because I know if they tagged Jones, Barkley was probably gone. Yep. But at the same time, it gives that debate. Jones, they paid him all that. I think he, someone said he's making the same amount of money as Aaron Judge in the season or something like that, which yeah. is nuts because Judge obviously is probably the, one of the best athletes, if not the huge Aaron Judge fan in baseball, which the Yankees could have made the playoff. That's a whole other story. And I know you're a Yankees fan as well, Paul. So, yes. Um, but you're obviously just upset at me. But, um, yeah, Jones, I mean, it's just doesn't get any easier. At, at, at Miami, at Buffalo, the next two games, this things could get ugly real quick. And, oh, they shouldn't have paid Jones that money. I'm, I'm, when they drafted Jones, I was, I, was, I was happy for him when he, when he you know, he you know, played, played a little well in the 2019 season. Happy for him last year. Always root for the Giants quarterback. But, I mean, it just looks like, I don't I think last season, it was just a great season. They benefited from a easy schedule and I think too it's like Saquon Barkley really makes Daniel Jones I believe that because he is what well, I think he's the when he's healthy best running back in football I think so and with the way he plays in clutch situations what he could do catching and running wise helps Jones elevate his game and when he's not there you can see the decline in Jones's play and I think what the Giants really got to do they got to consider you know so I mean if, if they're going to be this bad and they're in the draft 
that quarterback class is just unreal. This it, year. it is one of the best quarterback yeah. classes we've probably ever seen. And you, it makes you wonder, will they draft a quarterback? Obviously, with the Panthers and, and the Bears both sinking and the Chicago owning uh, Carolina's pick as well, I think Caleb Williams is a very highly unlikely. It would be nice if it happened. I'd, I'd be ecstatic as a Giants fan because I think he is the best prospect since Patrick Mahomes. Uh, or actually, best prospect since Trevor Lawrence because obviously Mahomes, no one knew yep. he would be this good when he was drafted. But I think he has the coming to be – forthcoming to basically be the next Mahomes with the way he plays in college. So – I don't know what's going to happen with the Giants. Obviously, I always root for them on Sunday, but yeah, the Jones contract was a mistake. I'll end it with that. <laughs> Let me take you quickly through last season of just like like looking back at it, like kind of like a brief overview of like how the Giants season played out and maybe why I knew this regression was going to happen, not to the extent, but like why they would struggle get you know to bounce back. Week three, they lose to a Cowboys team with their backup quarterback. Of course, I keep the rush. Um, yep, on Monday Night Football. I, 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 yes. I remember that. Just week the five, <laughs> they go into um, they go into London. I think it was London or Germany. I think it was Germany, actually. And they beat Green uh, Bay with Rodgers. Um, a struggling Packers team at the time. They yeah. then go on to beat a struggling Ravens team at the time. They then go to beat a struggling Jaguars team. They beat three teams in a row that were good teams, gave a lot of hope, obviously, for the fan base. But these were teams like the Packers got hot late in the season. The Ravens kind of fizzled out due to injuries. And then the Jaguars also went on a second half streak. Then they lose by two possessions to Seattle. Um, Going forward about three weeks, they lose by two possessions to Detroit. They lose then by eight points to Dallas. Tie to Washington, get blown out by Philly. Um, just beat the Commanders. <laughs> they go and they lose to a very bad Vikings defense. Um, then they give some hope with the Colts, and then they lose again to the Eagles with the Eagles backups in. Um, then the and the reason why I'm walking through this is because then they go and they beat Minnesota, which was as perfect as of a matchup for them as possible. The one oh, of yeah. the worst defenses in football. Secondary was atrocious. They it played was perfect. Already. It was perfect for the Giants. I don't think Minnesota could be any team at that point. Then they get smoked by Philly. My point of why I'm saying all this is, I think the Giants stumbled into stumbled into some luck midseason, where they were playing the teams not at their strength, maybe at the worst. They were able to rally some wins, and and a win is a win. Except when you watch the film and you realize that, that that's the same team that's going to carry on. Um, so my point being is that I understand why Giants fans were excited last year. There are some wins that you don't expect. But the writing was on the wall with these losses, like the double-digit loss to Seattle, the two losses to Dallas, the double-digit loss to Detroit. Like, if you're going to pay a quarterback, you got to win those games. And it's not like the Giants, like outside of the wide receiver struggles, it's not like they weren't suited to win those games. Like, defensively, like, they were pretty solid. The offensive line, I mean, Evan Neal was, has been horrific, but, like, they had a, you know, Andrew Thomas was playing phenomenal. Um, I think I, I say this. I, I have, obviously, Brad's a Giants fan. I got a lot of Giants fans here in Orlando. <laughs> um, I try to paint the picture to understand of, like, why this wasn't completely, like, out of the blue. Um, yeah. So very crazy. Um, 
Brad, let's go to your fourth because we've spent a lot of time on Cowboys Giants. Let's get to your number fourth uh, takeaway for the week. All right, so we already talked about the Jets. Uh, I'm going to go two things here. Uh, first, I'm going to talk, are the Chiefs the team to beat still in the, uh, in the uh, AFC? Um, even, and the second thing is penalties. Uh, I want to talk about uh, that one call. Should certain penalties you think be reviewed, et cetera? So first, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, they played a Jets team down uh, without Aaron Rodgers, but – this is what I'm going to say. And I, I just – look, part of this is because I'm a huge Isaiah Pacheco fan. Obviously, Rutgers thought he had the game of his life at home going back in Jersey, which was awesome. And then I also watched quarterback. I became a pretty big fan of Mahomes. Just watch. I always like Mahomes just because he's just so good. And any player that, that that's that good, you got to just root for No, you don't have to always root for him, obviously, if you don't like the game. But you got to respect their game. And sure, to me, Mahomes, it's like – there's every player in the NFL, and then Mahomes is on Mount Everest, and they're just looking to climb up. And it's by a, fi- a fine margin. For quarterbacks, for quarterbacks, yes. For, for quarter, I, I'll look, for quarterbacks, yes, but I'm also going to put the take out there that he is just that much better than your next best player, Justin Jefferson, or someone else. Because he, what he is. See, doing, I would disagree there. Mm-hmm. I think Micah Parsons is on the Patrick Mahomes level. Mahomes. I okay, think Michael. I, I think it's obviously it's hard to compare because two different positions. It is, but it I think Micah Parsons yeah. has the impact defensively that Mahomes has offensively. Okay, I, I think. Sorry, well, I didn't want to cut you off, but no, no, no you're good. You're good. I, no, I do I, think they're on the same level. Yeah, I respect that take. I still think Mahomes, just because of what he's accomplished so far, uh, winning all the MVPs and the Super Bowls, I think he's still a little above anybody. It, it is hard to compare. Like I, I can see Parsons and a Bosa dominating a TJ Watt, obviously on the defensive side. But we'll, we'll say just offensively, at least, yeah. no one else impacts an offense like Patrick Mahomes. And it's just, to me, it's like, even when he was having a terrible game, like, and I, like, I don't think he played well at all. Zach Wilson outplayed him. But there were two plays where he played when, when it mattered the most, he delivered. It was like third and 22, scrambled, and he's not a really a runner. Gets the first down. And then last play of the game, he does the celebration with the arms out gets the first down, and he also had the awareness as a quarterback not to go in the end zone because if they get a touchdown onside kick, you never know. Yeah, And he goes for the first down. So, to me, my, my, my takeaway from that is, and then I'm going to go into the penalty, is Chiefs are still the team to beat in not only the AFC but the NFL. They're the best team by far. Not the best team by far, but they are the best team. And if they get home field advantage in the playoffs, they're making another Super Bowl, and they have a great chance to win whoever they, whoever they play in the NFC just because they have the greatest player in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so that's my take on that. And I'll hear your, I want to hear your response to that as well. But also I'm just going to briefly mention, and you could also talk about this as well, is the penalties in football. It was a, I thought it was a pretty bad call on, on Gardner that, on that interception. And it just makes me wonder, my question for you, Paul, is do you think certain things should be reviewed and stuff just because it, it's unfortunate to see a game decided by penalties. So you have the Chiefs point with Mahomes and then uh, the penalty point there uh, against the call against Gardner. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are the team to beat. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't really look great. Um, I don't think they've really looked great much this season outside of the Chicago beatdown. Um, I think they're still one of the best teams in football, but the team to beat, like I, I think Buffalo looks better right now from an uh-huh. AFC side. Um, I even think Miami is still the better team. Um, I I know they have Mahomes, but I just don't think that offense looks the same without a wide receiver one. In regards yeah, to yeah. the officiating, um, so the two the two calls that were talked about a lot was the third and twenty two, um, hold no call. The more I looked at it, because at first glance I'm like, I know a lot of people are criticizing this, but this doesn't fully look like a hold. 
And then I like read, like I saw like offensive linemen gurus like talking about, it, and they didn't think it was a hold either. And it makes sense. I mean, he was just got a really good grasp of the guy's shoulder pads. And like, I mean, as an offensive lineman, yeah. if if you can latch onto a guy and not let go, you're you're gonna do that. Um, yeah. So I, I I thought that was a good call. In terms of the other call. I disagreed with it. Um, I, I thought it was really just a, a lame call in that point of the game. Um, I do agree that I, I, the only problem with like penalties being able to, or flags being able to be reviewed is it's still the officials that are the ones reviewing it. So it doesn't fully like impact, like change the issue. I've always been on board that. Like, I just think officiating needs to be like, like they just need to start re like they just need to be completely refreshed. Um yeah. all new officials across the board cuz the officiating in the NFL is a major issue. It is. It is. And you saw it in the Super Bowl with that that call uh you know against Bradbury there obviously rooting for the Chiefs you as well rooting for the Chiefs cuz we don't really get the weird weird excited obviously that that happened but it's still unfortunate just as an average football fan to see that happen and it's just it's tough. Something needs to be done about the officiating because it's in the coaches, the players, the fans, and it's just it's been ongoing since really last season. And yeah, it's tough to see games decided by that. So uh, yeah, and then I guess we'll move on, Paul, to your uh, your next point. I believe uh, it was uh, the Bears. Take number uh, four. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. go. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus uh, should be fired. Um, not really even much that needs to be said here. I mean, this is an zero and four team. That I mean, Justin Fields played the game of his career as an NFL player. Um, and yes, he had the fumble, but there are just there are opportunities to win that game. I mean, there was the fourth and one, um, just a terrible play call. They they don't convert. Broncos end up going down the field and winning. Um, just I, I did think the Bears could improve because they had a lighter schedule. I thought Justin Fields would improve. Yeah. He's actually playing worse than he's ever had outside of last week. Um, I do think he'll get a bit of a confidence boost from last week, but um, I just think the team looks terrible. I don't think he, I think everything that's going on with that franchise is just awful. If I'm the owner, I'm cleaning house and getting Ryan Pace out of there. And I know it's early in his career, but I just don't think he's shown anything to be excited about I'm getting rid of Matt Eberflus. Um, and I'm starting fresh because Caleb Williams is probably going to be a bear next year. And I don't want anything to prevent him from not having the success he should have. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with both points. I think Caleb Williams is going to be a Chicago bear. I think we could almost pencil it in at this point. Look, we don't know. Obviously, can't predict completely on the, the line. But, yeah, I think uh, Eber, Eber Moose, however you like, pronounce his name. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got to be. He's got to kind of be out of there. Especially, you know, if – I mean, maybe hold on for a few more games – and have an interim coach because I really think, look, if honestly, if you want my honest opinion, if Chicago, I don't think he's going to leave USC, but if they can hire Lincoln Riley, that, I don't know what it is about that guy, but he knows how to develop quarterbacks. I mean, he's had Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray. And you're talking about studs in the NFL. Obviously, look, I know Baker, Baker and Kyler can't compete with Jalen, but I mean, Kyler, still, Kyler and Baker are still number one overall picks. And they're still NFL starting quarterbacks. Like obviously, when Kyler comes back from injury, uh, he's a guy that Chicago should look at just because of what he brings to the table and that West Coast offense. However, I don't think he's going to leave USC because he just signed a, a huge contract with them only a few years ago. But 
Chicago, I believe, not even that, but I think they they fumbled the bag in some recruiting uh, pitches to coach, not recruiting, but you know, try to convince coaches to come. Like Ryan Day from Ohio State, Justin Fields' coach, he wouldn't leave Ohio State. I just don't think Chicago right now is at the place where a coach is like, oh, I want to go play there. Look at look at look at uh, what happened to Claypool. Not not panning out, and I think I I really like when you said your point, Paul. They got a clean house uh, if they get Caleb Williams because. I think Justin Fields is going to be on a new team. He needs a new start with a, a new, just a new, 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 new whole, new whole regime. Uh, Cause I still think he's very talented as a player, as he proved uh, this past Sunday, throwing for four touchdowns and over 300 yards. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Chicago. And honestly, at this point, they're not going to make the playoffs. Oh, and four. And I get their best. I mean, their best bet is to hope the Panthers do bad and that they get land Caleb Williams and that, and the stud, uh, I think Harrison from Ohio state wide receiver. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Brad, your last key takeaway from week number four. Yeah, so I'm going to go with a kind of a surprising one here. Not a surprising takeaway, but a surprising team. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And are they right now the team to beat in the NFC South? Or are they favorites? That's my favorite. So, look, coming into the season, the Bucks were without Tom Brady. Uh, watching Tom Brady after playing him playing three, three, uh, three seasons there. And when you lose a guy like Tom Brady, I don't care how old he is. He's the greatest football player of all time. You agree with that, right, Paul? Greatest I do, I do. Okay. I okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. I'm look, I'm a Giants fan. Wasn't a huge Brady fan when he was on the Patriots, but when he went to Tampa, it was awesome to see your Cowboys hosted his retirement party in Tampa. It was great. A lot of fun. <laughs> you were at the game hosting the retirement party. So when you told me that when we met uh, back in, I think around early June, I thought that was funny. I laughed at that, that comment, but look, needless to say, when you lose a guy like Brady, it's tough. And, uh, we're Brady's kryptonite when he played for Tampa. They lost the game, I think, like 9-6 or 9-0. Like, a, a lot of weird scores. Obviously, he got the A lot big one of low-scoring games. Yeah, he got the big one against Drew Brees in the playoffs. Uh, but they lost the two to the Saints that regular season and the next season. And then you see Baker Mayfield come out and throw up for 246 yards, three touchdowns. And the Bucs are 3-1. and one. I mean, And they won 26-9 over the Saints with Derek Carr and Kamara playing and Michael Thomas. So not a terrible Saints team. And with a defense that has been pretty good so far. Yeah, they've and been really good. They have, yeah. And I'm going to say, look, the Bucks three and one is three and one. I mean, look, they did get smacked by the Eagles, but they're leading the division right now in a division that the Falcons. I, I don't think Desmond Ritter is really going to be that. They're, they're, I heard they're they're trying to trade maybe for a quarterback. I don't know, but I don't, and I don't think the Saints are that good. I don't. The Panthers aren't going anywhere. So that division is really up for grabs and. The Bucks are taking control, having wins over the Vikings, Bears, and Saints. I mean, I, but I, I do think this week, because I don't think the Lions are as good as the Eagles, and I think the Lions game at home, I think it'll be – I think they moved it to a flex spot, I think, as well. They so did, yep. They, they did, got right? Yep. Or that was actually – I'm sorry. I think that's next week. Am I looking at – because I think the Lions – Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, next the schedule. week. They have – there's a – okay, so the Bucks have a bye. So, I think that game against the Lions will tell us a lot about the Bucks. And then they play the Falcons. So if they could win those two games and go to what would that be five and one before they play the Bills, I think the I think the Bucks make the playoffs and win the NFC South. But right now, I think the Bucks are the favorite. And it was really you know I'm, I'm happy for Baker. He had I think like four different coaches in the last like few seasons, and you know he played well in his first game as a Ram. Happy to see him get a fresh start from a number one overall pick, stud at Oklahoma. So good good for Baker. Good for Bucks fans. You know you know I mean they're they're still winning. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. But Paul. Do you think the Bucs are the – we're just talking NFC South. Do you think they're the team to beat in the NFC South? And do you think they they win that division? Yeah, I definitely think they're the team to beat. I think they, they're they just – Baker's not perfect by any means, but he's playing well enough you need to, you know, make the playoffs. Um, 
I mean, he, he's having like a mini career resurgence. Um, do I think he's a guy worth paying? Maybe not if you can get your hands on one of these rookie quarterbacks uh, next year. But he's playing well enough. The defense has always been good. They're playing well. Um, and the reality is the competition isn't great. I mean, the Saints have looked awful. Derek Carr has not played well. Defensively, they're really good. But offensively, they're horrendous. The Panthers are the Panthers. They've been terrible. And then the Falcons, I just can't trust a team that can't throw, win the ball, win games, throwing the football. Um, I think they'll be competitive. But yeah, I think Tampa's probably, you know, that I, I'd feel pretty good that they're probably going to win the division pending mm-hmm. any major injury. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And obviously they have Mike Evans, one of the most underrated receivers of all time. And Chris Godwin, a great one-two punch right there, too. Yeah. Very talented team. But um, my last key takeaway, this this one's going to spark some feathers. Um, the Patriots need to move on from Bill Belichick. Um, I, I said this last year, and I could not stand it. Like, I, I, I still think it holds up. Um, Bill Belichick is arguably one of the great – or not arguably, is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, he, he's the greatest defensive mind of our game. Um. However, and, and that has never changed. Like, still to this day, like, the team, the defenses that he's put out has been really, really good. He prepares mm-hmm. like no other defensive coach. The problem is offense, that leaves the offense just hanging dry. Um, he has not been done a good job from – because he's very involved from the personnel standpoint. Has not been good getting the right personnel there. Um, they've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, they let Jacoby Myers go to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Jacoby Myers has been playing really well in Vegas. Juju has not been playing well. Um, They've made a lot of draft mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. I actually, I know a lot of people have been saying, you know, Mac Jones, he's not the guy. I'm not saying he's a perfect quarterback, but I think he's playing pretty well outside of Sunday. I thought going into this week, he's had a pretty good, season so far obviously he struggled this week um i think it's time i think it's time to let bill you know pull up the beach chair throw on a nice polo and retire (laughs) um though just the way he operates his teams are outdated um he is one of the most conservative coaches in football right now he is just he's not built to have success in the current modern modern game and we saw it this isn't like brand new information like this is going to the end of the brady era i mean if you remember those last Brady, like the last year or two of brady it was the last year like that offense wasn't very good um and and there really wasn't enough around him to be successful yeah so um yeah time for uh for billy boy to uh to adios out of new england yeah, uh, look, I'm going to – real quick on this on this point, I agree with you. I think it's – I think if anything, him staying on the Patriots is hurting his legacy a lot. I think, you know, I, I don't think he's done, though. I think some team will sign him just because he's Bill Belichick. But all I'm going to say is the debate's over. I think it's been over. Tom Brady was the trailblazer for that franchise. He was the guy. I think without Brady, Belichick does not have – I think he does maybe has one, maybe two Super Bowl rings. Brady was the guy. By far, I think the debate's over, and I feel bad for Bill just because I think people are really realizing that, and I think his his ego of just wanting to stay on the Patriots and do well is kind of hurting it, hurting him. And I think after the season, if the Patriots continue the way they're playing, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone and there's a new change. Obviously, one of the great coaches there is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's gone. And then I just want to talk briefly, Paul. I'm going to ask you a question. 
just because I know we talked off air about it. Uh, I want to talk to you about Puka, how his unbelievable season is continuing, and that what yes. Thomas Bay did, how he ran back for the game ball. That was awesome. And then I want to get your uh, – we'll get all, each other's five, uh, five top uh, NFL teams going to next week before we wrap up. But my question to you is, is two things. Is, will Puka's fantasy numbers, for all our fantasy listeners out there, because I know we usually talk a little fantasy, but I'm just going to ask this one question. Will his numbers take a hit, do you think, with Cooper Cup returning? And do you think he could play at the level he's playing right now with Cup back in the lineup just because one of the feel-good stories of the season is Puka right now? Yeah, I think um... – from a performance level, he's going to play just as well. So statistically speaking, he does not play the slot as much as people think. I think everyone assumes that Puka Nakua is playing the Cooper Cup role, and that's incorrect. He's playing really the Robert Woods role from a few years ago. He's just he getting good. You- yeah, Robert Woods was really good. They never were was able to replace him. Um Puka Naku is playing that role, but getting the usage of Cooper Cup. Um, I obviously I do think his value is going to take a little bit of a hit, just naturally speaking. You're going to get a you know a guy who commands a lot of targets, um, but I'm pretty sure the Rams are throwing the football more than any other team in the league, or they're they're yeah. very high up there. So Puka Naku is still going to be at least a high end wide receiver too in fantasy. Um, he is not a guy that you need to start freaking out and trying to trade. He's still going to be a, a great player to have in your fantasy lineups. He's still going to be a great player on the field. He's only going to – that offense now, you get Cooper Cup back. You get Puka Nakua. Tutu Atwell has been playing his best football. I mean, they now look like really good offense. They do. They do. And then also briefly speaking of fantasy, Paul, a quick question I, I just brought to my mind. I have to bring it up. Shout out my guy, Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers, going in and, and having a game of his life and back in Jersey. Rutgers guy, Jersey guy, playing in his home, home state. Just awesome to see. And he had a dominating performance, and especially for fantasy-wise. So my question to you, Paul, is, is Isaiah Pacheco going forward a top five fantasy running back uh, for the rest of the season? No. no, I don't even no. think I have him top 15. Top 15? Uh, okay. It, it, Isaiah Pacheco is a good player. He's on a high-powered offense. Um the flip side is he doesn't really get much receiving work, so he's very touchdown dependent, and you're really hoping for him to either be touchdown dependent or going for 100 yards. And it's just unrealistic, even for the best backs in football, to do that. Um, so no. Uh, yeah, the one thing he has heart, and when, when he has the ball, you know he's not getting tackled. So I hope he. Can yeah, he's well. a, he's a tough guy. Um, he's still a guy that you want on your fantasy roster. Good like, good like RB. I, I mean, with the way the I say like a flex, like a flex. Yeah, I was gonna say like a flex, but with the with the way the running back market is, like if he's your running back too, and you got a strong, strong wide receiver core, like you're in good shape. Um, with the uh, power rankings, let's go, Brad. Shoot me your power rankings. All right, I'm gonna go pretty easy ones here, but I'll, I'm you can't I can't be. I'm gonna go Niners. I think they're the best team in football right now. The Cowboys game will tell a lot. Eagles undefeated as well until they get knocked off. I think they're number two. I think after uh, Sunday's win, the Bills are number three over the Dolphins. I think the Chiefs are still up there in top five for the Chiefs. And after the Cowboys' uh, resurgence, I'm going to go with the Cowboys at five. And then I think the Dolphins dropped. I think I've had them like two or three last week. I dropped them all the way to six. So I got Niners, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, and the Dolphins looking in. I think this next week will tell us a lot, and it's going to change, obviously. Okay. Uh, I got. I also have the one Niners. Um, two, I got the Bills. I think they've been phenomenal. Uh, three, Eagles just playing like a complete football team. Um Four, I still have the Dolphins. I, I think that 
this past week. I don't obviously I can't say it was an anomaly. It was a divisional game. Um, but we we've known they're gonna need Jalen Ramsey back. And when they get him later this season, they'll yeah. they'll be just fine. Um, and then I just can't keep the Chiefs out of it. So I have them at five. I refuse to put the Cowboys back in my power rankings this week yet. You have them at six at least though? Uh no. I would actually wow. probably have the Ravens at six. And then the uh, Cowboys at, at seven? Uh debatable. I might wow. consider putting the line. <laughs> I, I'm, listen, I, I'm I'm shocked. I, I look, I, I respect it because I know you're a Cowboys fan, and not being you know, but I I, I still think I think they're top five in, in the NFL. That's right now. I, I think we're gonna know we're gonna know what type of Cowboy team this is come Sunday. Oh, one hundred. I, I think 100%. that is my mindset. Is like Sunday, you will know. They can lose in stunning fashion, and I could feel better about them. They could you know get blown out, and then it's like all right, the season's over. Yeah, but um, I think the one we agree on universally, the Niners are the best team in football right now. Yep, agreed. Uh-huh. Yep, I don't, yeah. I don't, unless the Cowboys are able to knock them off, um, I, I think we feel pretty comfortable with the uh, with the Niners. Yeah, let's get in. We talked some fantasy. Let's get into our stardom sitem. Uh, starting at the quarterback, Brad. Who do you got starting this week? Starting this week, uh, who do I have this week? Uh, let me see. You know, I'm going to go, I think, uh, look, I know, I, oh, I know who I'm going with. I was trying to think for a second, but I realized I had, I had to sit uh, Herbert because he's on a bye. I'm starting C.J. Stroud. I think he continues continues to have an awesome, all, um, you know, work work it up. I think he's going to play extremely well. So I, I picked him off off waivers. I'm starting C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and I'm looking right now. C.J. Stroud is playing the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, the Falcons, okay. Falcons. All right, CJ Stroud starting. Uh, I'm starting Sam Howell, uh, Washington Commanders quarterback, up against the Bears. That Bears defense has been terrible. I feel pretty good about them. Uh, running back, who are you starting? I actually have him on my bench, uh, and I think I might start him. Or actually, I, I'm going to go two here. One, I have Brees Hall. So I think Brees Hall is going to he's, – he's finally back. I think he's – I, I read he's going to get more of a high snap count. So I'm starting him. And then Pacheco, I'm building off his confidence from the last game, so I'm starting Pacheco as well. Yep, I, I also have Brees Hill. I think with the uh, with the full workload or closer to full workload, I, th- I think you feel pretty good about him. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. I'm going to also go with another guy from the Jets. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. I think Zach okay. Wilson has a great bounce-back game, and I think Wilson gets at least two touchdowns. Uh, I think, I think uh, he's going to have a good game, so I'm going Garrett Wilson. All right, I'm going with Christian Watson. I know he had a touchdown last week. Not much much usage. I think against Vegas, I think he has a big uh, big game. Tight ends. I'm going to go – you could call it a wild card just because they got they got Travis Kelsey, but I'm going to go Noah Gray. I think, you know, the Chiefs okay. will find offense from somewhere. He had a touchdown against the Jets. So I'm going to go – I think he gets maybe one more against the uh, the Vikings. I'm going, I'm going Noah Gray. I like, I, I'm a fan of Noah Gray. Um, I'm taking Darren Waller. I think finally he has a fantasy game where he feel a little bit better. I don't think it's going to be a close one, but I think they'll get, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. That Dolphins defense is pretty bad too. Uh, so I'd feel pretty good. And finishing off our stardoms, uh, the defense slash special teams. Uh, I was upset. I got him in one league, didn't get him in the other. So um, I was a little upset, but I'm, I'm starting the Lions. I think uh, they, they play uh, – at home to the uh, 0-4 Panthers. So I think that I think Aiden Hutchinson is looking incredible right now in defense. So I think they're, they're going to get, I think, at least one defensive touchdown. So I would start the Lions this week. And I'm going with the Jets. The Vikings have turned the ball over a ton. That Jets defense is still really good, I think. You mean uh, Jets, uh, they play Broncos. That, okay, yes. I'm like, why did I rate that? <laughs> Even better. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I don't remember this game. 
yes, the, the the Jets against the uh, against the Broncos. Um, I think Russell will. I'm not that I have him on my list, but I'm sitting Russell Wilson in fantasy. I just don't think that defense, that offense, matches up against pretty good Jets defense. Um, let's go to our sit-ins. quarterback. Who do you who are you sitting this week? I want to say Derek Carr, but I don't think a lot – like, he's not super rostered. So, one quarterback I'm going to go rostered. I'm going to sit Trevor Lawrence just because he's going up, up against, against the Bills. You also got mine, too. I also have Trevor <laughs> Lawrence sitting. I, against the Bills. I think you got to sit Trevor. Even though I'm a fan of his, I think just against the Bills, they're too good. Yeah, and he, he hasn't been particularly great in fantasy. What about running back? <sighs> running back? I, I think the Lions throw the ball a lot on Sundays. So I'm going to sit David Montgomery. I think the Lions are going to – I think – Goff's going to throw a lot against the Panthers defense. I'm going to, I'm going to sit Montgomery. I'm sitting Zach Moss uh, against the Titans. I know Zach Moss has been really good with Jonathan Taylor out. I expect Jonathan Taylor to return. On top of that, the Titans run defense has been really good. Um, I just don't like the, I don't have a lot of confidence. I'd rather just play it safe and uh, keep Moss on the bench. What about wide receiver? Whew, wide receiver. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to sit. Oh my God. Tough one, but I'm gonna have to probably sit. Um, uh, what should we call from uh, from the Colts? I'm gonna actually sit Pittman this week. I had I thought about starting him. I, I thought about it for a while actually. I don't know if I want to say it, but they're playing the Titans. Titans defense. What they did to the Bengals. I just I don't think I don't think he has. I just I feel like he has one of those off weeks. And I'm actually he he's a flex for me. So if you have him in your flex, you have a better option. I'd start someone else over Pittman this week. I am sitting Cortland Sutton. He's been a pretty solid option. Uh, going up against that really good Jets secondary, I uh, just don't feel good about the matchup. What about tight ends? Well, I mean, tight ends, if you have a tight end, just start them. Uh, but I really, I really don't know. It's just like it, it's such a premium position. Uh, I'm just going to say because I don't think the Falcons are going to have a good game at all. Again, I just I feel like the Texans are going to play pretty well. I think they might dominate them. So I'm going to sit Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Pitts has been pretty bad in fantasy. Uh, He's in if you're... Maybe the Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're able to sit him, uh, I don't think George Kittle has his best game. Uh, Cowboys have particular have been pretty good against uh, tight ends. Jaron Curse typically matches up really well. If you have the ability to sit Kittle, uh, you got a better matchup out there. I would sit George Kittle. What about the defense that you're sitting? I actually got two two kind of surprising ones, but I'm gonna sit Philadelphia just because I think the Rams can score. I don't think I think Philly could still win the game, but I think the Rams have a high high scoring offense with Cooper Cup coming back. I'd sit uh, them, and then I'm also gonna sit, which I am I'm actually sitting the Chiefs defense uh, because they're going up against Minnesota. I think that's gonna be a high scoring game with Justin Jefferson getting catches from Cousins. I think the Chiefs obviously do win that, but I think it's gonna be a high scoring affair, and I think you should sit sit the uh, sit the Vikings defense this week. I uh, I like the Eagles pick. I'm also sitting the Cowboys defense against the 49ers. They've been the best defense in football. Uh, however, I just think against San Francisco, you're not going to get that type of uh, type of points that we've had in the past. All yeah. right, Brad, it is that time. Week five NFL picks. Bears at Commanders. Who are you going with? Bears at Commanders, I think. Commanders, I I, I want to say the Bears, but I think Command Bears are still haven't had a win. I think Commanders win at home on Thursday night. Yeah, Sam Howell's playing his best football right now. Uh, I think he has a really strong performance Thursday night. 
Jaguars at uh, Bills in uh, – not in Buffalo, in London. Just call them the London Jaguars. First team ever back-to-back. It was actually just a brief thing. I, have a, I, I, was, I was in Europe, and I met on a cruise, and I met some friends from London, and they were messaging me. And they're because the one guy went through his first ever NFL game, and he goes, "Yeah, I think I'm going to be a Jaguars fan because they play here so often." You so, might as well. They're they're often. Well. They are. So I think, uh, and it's funny they play. I think it was at Wembley, and now they're at Tottenham, which is an awesome stadium to see. I actually got to go on top of the roof. It was really cool. Awesome stadium. I'm a huge soccer fan, so great stadium to see if you're ever in London. To our listeners, Tottenham, Tottenham they have like a, a like a dare dare walk, which I did. It was a lot of fun on the roof and stuff. I got to see the whole stadium. And they actually built it to make it a football stadium because they have one tunnel that's bigger uh, for NFL players and one that's smaller for soccer because obviously NFL, bigger team with the pad, et cetera. But uh, to go, get back on topic, I'm going to the Bills. I think uh, the Jaguars' London, uh, London luck runs out, and Buffalo is playing exceptionally well, especially Josh Allen. I think the Bills win that game. Yeah, they're my second-ranked team right now in the NFL. I think the Bills stay strong, and they beat the Jaguars. Uh, Texans at Falcons. I'm going Texans. I think C.J. Stroud has another great game. I think uh, Falcons got to do something that quarterback. I think eventually because I think with Robinson and Pitts, they're getting frustrated. Yeah, I'm actually flipping. I'm going with the Falcons. I think okay. the Falcons play a type of football that uh, can beat um, that can beat the Texans. I think they're going to run the ball a ton. They're going to be able to keep the ball out of Desmond Ritter's hands. I don't think the Texans have been particularly good against the run. Uh, I think the Falcons have a huge day on the run, and they bounce back after their loss in London. Panthers at Lions. I remember we talked off air because I was asking because I always I do like a survivor pool, and I was asking what the lock of the week should be. Mine this week is the Lions. I hope I didn't just jinx myself, but they're playing <laughs> at home to the 0-4 Panthers at home. Lions, Jared Goff, he's not great, but he's good, and Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. I think the Lions win that game. Hopefully, I know I think the Lions like minus ten. Hopefully, they win it. For, hopefully, it's an easy game. But I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I feel pretty good that the Lions win comfortably, taking Detroit. Titans at Colts. I think the Titans are back. I think the Titans are finally back. I think they're going to compete for that AFC South title, which is just not the greatest division. I'm going the Titans. I think they, they win up in Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm also taking the Titans. I think the uh, the Colts secondary hasn't been great. Um, and then the Titans have played, have improved defensively. They're attacking the quarterback. They're stopping the run. Um, I like Tennessee as an upset. Your New York football giants against the Miami Dolphins. I love every other New York football giants. I always <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, and for our listeners, I don't know, because the Giants, San Francisco Giants baseball team once played in New York, so there were two. So that's why they very specific. And they say the New York football giants, which I just, I love. It says it on the training thing. But Listen, I, I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins for X, Y, and Z reasons, as we talked about before. And I think they have a big bounce-back game uh, after they lost in Buffalo. Hopefully it's not a blowout. However, with all the scrutiny the Giants have been getting, uh, Evan Neal, I'm sure probably you saw, and Daniel Jones, it would not surprise me if they have the game of their life just to quiet the critics. I don't think it will happen, but I think the game could be a lot closer than people uh, think. It's either going to be a lot closer than people think or the Dolphins are just going to completely wipe them out and be upset. I thought they lost to Buffalo, but needless to say, the Dolphins win that game one or another. Yeah, I think the Dol- I'm having the Dolphins with a pretty comfortable win. I just think they're on a different level. They're and they're going to get a bounce back after that uh, that Buffalo loss. Saints in New England against the Patriots. Very intriguing game because I don't think both teams are extremely good. But I'm going to go with the Pats at home. I think they need a win. Uh, so they you know they need a win. Made a made a few signings with uh, Jackson. And I don't think the Saints are that good. I think at home, Belichick gets it done with the defense. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game, really low scoring game. But Derek Carr just has not played well. Uh, and Bill Belichick, if there's any defensive minded coach that's going to confuse you, it's Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick, uh, I can't see a Patriots led team by Bill Belichick on one and four. I got the Pats. Ravens at Steelers. Pickett's not playing. Even if he was playing, I'm still picking the Ravens, but I'm picking the Ravens. I think they're the best team in the NFC North. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a day. Uh, so I'm picking the Ravens. However, it's Ravens Steelers. So really anything could happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers somehow pulled out a victory. But just for prediction-wise, I'm going Ravens. Yeah, I'm also taking Ravens. I think even with Pickett there, I think the Ravens are just a much Paul, better real team. real quick, a couple years ago, we could say best rivalry in the NFL. Is that still the best rivalry, or you think Cowboys-Eagles? It's Cowboys-Eagles. Cowboys-Eagles? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Cowboys-Eagles have really been since, like— Chief, Maybe Chiefs-Bengals a little bit, trying to be. No, I, I think I people think get Eagles. excited about it just because, like— But yeah. Cowboys-Eagles, like, two franchises that legitimately hate each other. Um, and they put a, they put together some great games. And yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, Eagles at Rams. Cooper Cup is back. I think the Rams win this one. I hope they do because I really don't want to see Philly as a Giants fan go five and zero again for the second straight year. I don't. I forget what they got to last year, but I, I I'm not picking that because I, I I don't want the Eagles to win. But I really do think the Rams come away with a victory with Cooper Cup back playing at home. I think Stafford has a day. I'm going Rams in a tight one in a very close one. I hate that you stole my uh, fire because I also took the Rams. <laughs> I think just that secondary for the Eagles has not been great. Um, I, and against a team that throws the ball a ton, I think the Rams are – I think Matthew Stafford has a big game. I think I, – I just can't see this Eagles team just going, you know, undefeated for, you know, what, eight, nine straight games to start each season. Uh, I think they're bound for a loss. I think Matthew Stafford has a really good game. I think the Rams pulled the upset. Bengals at Cardinals. This could be interesting. Could be interesting, and I'm going to go. The Bengals win this game. I think he backs up his comments because of one player and one player only, and that is Jamar Chase. I think he has a day on Sunday, and I think the Bengals win maybe a little closer than people expected, but I still think the Bengals are a better team overall, even if Joe Burrow is not 100%. I think the Bengals have to win. I think they do win. Yeah, I think this is a really close game, um, but I, I just can't pick against the Bengals. I, I it would just blow my mind to see the Bengals team going one and four. Um, I think the Bengals win. Jets at Broncos. Paul, we didn't even talk about it, but this is a storyline amongst storylines after Sean Payton's comments earlier in the season. This is a game everyone penciled in. Obviously, it's too bad Aaron Rodgers. That's right play. with the whole Nathaniel Hockey. You're right. Yes, yes, and I think two things. I think the Jets go in in into Denver and went for two reasons. One, the criticism that Zach Wilson got, I think he – or not got, but the way he's been playing and how he blamed the fumble on him, I really thought he was very humble when he said that. And I think he goes in there and plays an outstanding game, and I think they win. Also, I think they're going to have that those Sean Payton, Payton comments on repeat in the Jets practice, which they probably already have been doing. And I think they also win because of that. So I'm going to go with the Jets. Yeah, I think there's a lot of light under the fire for the Jets. Um I also just think Zach Wilson takes his momentum from last week, goes up against a historically bad defense. Um, I have the Jets winning. Chiefs at Vikings. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think they're still a top-five team in the NFL. They got Patrick, they're Patrick Mahomes against Cousins. I think – oh, it's also in a, 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 the official NFL rankings. It's two of the best players going up against each other, and Justin Jefferson and Patrick Mahomes. So that's going to be a cool matchup. Very cool matchup uh, on uh, CBS at 425 on Sunday. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I also have the Chiefs. Uh, Sunday night football. Uh, 
Santa Clara, wherever the heck Levi Stadium is, the Dallas Cowboys. San Francisco. Is it actually in San Francisco? I, no, I actually it's think it's Santa in Santa Clara. Clara. No, it, no, it, no, it is in Santa Clara. But I, I was saying, I think it's forty minutes from San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I was like, almost... I'm pretty sure this stadium is in Santa Clara. Yeah, you see, um, like, I mean, I, I think the Cowboys is in Arlington. The, the right, and then not they are. Yes, they're in Arlington. Yeah, and then the Patriots aren't in Boston. They're in Foxborough, and the yep. Giants aren't even New York. They're in East Rutherford. Shout out Bergen County, New Jersey. MetLife Stadium's there. So it's funny how they take. You know, the names, but they actually played <laughs> elsewhere. So I always thought that funny. But Yes. But Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Sunday Night Football, the matchup of matchups. Who are you taking? This is going to be, I guess you could say, my surprise pick of the week because I think most people have the Niners. But I'm going with your Dallas Cowboys, Paul, and I'm going to tell you why. I think for a couple reasons. I think they are sick and tired of losing to San Francisco. And when I mean sick and tired, they are sick and tired because they have been the team that's basically been the one team preventing them from reaching their ultimate goals in NFC Championship potential Super Bowl. Also, I think, look, San Francisco has an awesome offense. They do. Don't get me wrong. But I think Brock Purdy crumbles under pressure against Micah Parsons on Sunday Night Football. I think he has a bad game. I think CMC gets too much of the load. I think they stop the run defense, the Cowboys. I think Dak, I think Dak and the Cowboys win in a very odd game. Like, I'm talking, like, maybe, like, a 16 16- like nine score, 16, 10, some, a weird score, but I think the Cowboys get their revenge. And I think they walk out of uh, Santa Clara, Santa Clara with a victory. I really wish I had the confidence in the Cowboys that you have. Um, I I just don't have it. Um, I think this is going to be a really close game. I think the Cowboys are going to prove that they're obviously one of the NFC's best. Um, And my, like my heart wants to tell me that this is going to be, this is the change we need They're You know, they, the Cowboys are sick and tired of the fight of the 49ers, of losing them in the playoffs. They're pissed off. I just don't believe it. I think that this is a tough matchup for the Cowboys going on the road into San Francisco. Um, the red zone issues are still a major, major, major problem for the Cowboys. The run defense is still an issue for the Cowboys. Um, I just think Kyle Shanahan is going to have the perfect uh, – play calling. I, I think the 49ers uh, unfortunately win in a close one. And lastly, to round it off on Monday Night Football, back to one night a week, uh, one game per Monday Night Football, uh, Packers at Raiders. I'm a, this is one of those weird games. It's like, I really don't know who to pick, honestly, but I think the Raiders have had too many off, like, we, like we alluded to earlier, they've had too many off-field incidences, and I think uh, I, I just think the Packers are a better team. I think Jordan Love has a pretty good game. So I'm going to go to the Packers, a little Devontae Adams reunion there with the Packers. And speak, I'm going to go with the Packers. And then, Paul, give me your pick. But I also want to ask you briefly for just a quick thought on what you thought of Zeke coming back to uh, AT&T Stadium. And was it emotional for you seeing him in another uniform? Like, how did you hope fit that? Because I know you, we talked about it a little bit. And I know on uh, our podcast post a little bit about it. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. But I'm going to the Packers for this game. So let me get your pick on the Packers Raiders. And then you can tell me Zeke and we can wrap it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Packers. I think Jordan Love has a big bounce back uh, game after last week's struggles. Going back to Zeke and uh, coming back, it was a good a good feeling. I wore my Zeke jersey, you know, to represent. Um, was it emotional? Not for me, no. Uh, Zeke is far from the player he used to be. They made the right decision by letting him go. Um, I, I It was nice to see him emotional. I think it showed just how much Dallas meant to him. Um, and it showed like Dak was emotional too. Like th- it, this wasn't like a, 
Because there was a changing of the guard with Zeke and Dak when they started off, what, they won like seven in a row? Lost the yeah. Yeah, and then they... they, they I mean, they, they started off together. They, you know, I, I wish it would have worked out, but it just... Zeke's just not that player anymore. I mean, he struggled on Sunday, so... Yeah. Uh, happy to see him return. Uh, happy that he's not on the Cowboys, though. At just the <laughs> player he currently is, so... Um, so, yeah. But that is a wrap. We had a pretty long episode here for you, but there was so much to talk about. And um, next week's going to be epic. Like, talking about Cowboys 49ers, I may be really damn depressed or really, really excited. We got a couple great games and cool storylines. We can see who wins the, you know, the, the Hackett storyline, Devonta Adams reunion uh, with the, the Packers. Obviously, the big, the big, big one is obviously the um, Cowboys Niners. Let's hope the Giants don't get blown out. We got a good game in London. Jags, Bills. Are the Bears going to get their first win? Panthers, we don't know. So I think next week's going to be an awesome episode. So to our listeners, thank you for always listening to us. Listen next week. It's going to be just just as good. Yeah, for sure. Next week will be fun. And uh, you know where to catch us. So we'll see you guys next week on Red Zone Talk. All right.